Hello and welcome to another Substance on Substance. We are back after a week-long break in the BVI for festival. Josh has uh, put away his party clothes and has joined me again for another episode. Hello. So today we wanted to touch on what is a very live and, and, and topical conversation in this area, which is the, the re-domiciliation or continuations out or migration of BVI vehicles. There, there was some thought sort of anecdotally maybe a year ago when we started this process that that, that would be part of the, the analysis that people would be doing as to, as to whether they should consider moving their BVI vehicles. And, and obviously that there, there is a rationale uh, around that that we w- really wanted to address on this call because the more we have spoken to clients um, about this particular area, the more it's very interesting to us to see how clients are addressing it. Now, one of the first points I think that has to be made here before any sort of major business decision is made, and I think we'd all agree that that sort of choosing to elect to redomicile your vehicle after however many years of, of, of being in a certain jurisdiction is a fundamental business decision. And so choosing to do that without going through a process of at least classifying yourself to ensure that this legislation is relevant to you seems to be the very first step that you've got to make before you get into that. I mean, Josh, in in, in talking to the clients that you've been speaking to recently, you've you've got some sort of interesting anecdotes around that, really. Yeah, that's right. In fact, today I was speaking to a client who had um, a good number of BVI companies in in their structure who confidently told me that they're in the process of of changing um, the tax residence of some of them and and also continuing some of them out of the jurisdiction. And in the course of speaking, we discovered that they hadn't actually been through the initial classification exercise of establishing, did they actually have a relevant activity? And they they were quite surprised to hear that, in fact, a lot of their entities were probably not conducting any relevant activity and therefore wouldn't be subject to the BVI economic substance requirements at all. So that's a real life example of somebody who was about to incur quite significant expense for the the reorganizational steps but then also a change to their effective tax rate for their structure on the basis of apparently some hearsay about how the BBI requirements were going to apply to their to their vehicles without actually having conducted that exercise so hopefully they're back on the on the right path in terms of classifying just just to recap what we've already discussed in previous sessions if you don't have a relevant activity one of the the nine you know quite quite closely defined definitions of relevant activity uh, in your BVI company, then you can stop there and you'll just be required to give a nil return um, next year through the registered agent to confirm that. Or equally, a lot of clients are discovering that they have a entirely passive, um, pure equity holding entity, um, which again is, is quite a narrow definition. And for those entities, we're expecting a lot of them will find that their existing registered agent, registered office arrangements in the BVI are sufficient and they don't need any more economic substance than that. And that is a very large proportion of the, the book of business here in the BVI. Having, having done that exercise, if you discover that you do have a relevant activity, as we've discussed previously, then there are a lot of different options to look at around the expanded tax residence concept that we have in the BVI. If you can demonstrate that your entity is non-resident for the financial period, then again, it's, it's broadly exempt from the, from the BVI requirements. That includes transparent and disregarded vehicles. So, for example, if you have a controlled foreign company where the participators are subject to tax already, those entities are actually out of scope of the legislation. They're, they're exempt because they're being taxed where the participators are based. And then equally, we have an expanded concept whereby if the income from relevant activities is subject to tax somewhere else in the world, then that structure again is going to be exempt. So that allows you to, for example, book profits that are subject to tax through permanent establishments or branches abroad. It's a very flexible concept, 
The one caveat, remember, is if you're dealing with an EU tax blacklisted jurisdiction, then, then you may not be able to avail yourself of those rules. And then finally, if you do find that you have um, a relevant activity and you're not non-resident somewhere else, then compliance actually we're finding is, is not that scary in many cases, particularly where you're dealing with a, a business which is employees or premises light. So, for example, some financing structures, some headquarters business structures, some service centre structures actually are fairly passive in terms of their day-to-day activity but can be very valuable in the context of the group. Um, so to give you one real-life example, we've seen we have a BVI company where its only activity is a, is a term loan of a fairly large value to its business. But actually, that only really requires, you know, perhaps a board meeting once a year to, to you know, review the, the loan and, and just to monitor any risks associated with it. And in that case, we're expecting that the directors will fly out to the BVI once a year. They'll have a board meeting here. They'll have some expenditure on their, on their registration and the board support for that function. And that structure has proven completely viable for that business going forward. So they're actually very happy to be complying and we're looking forward to welcoming them here later this month. I think those are those those are really really good examples of why making a clear determination of initially your classification, then secondly your tax residence, and thirdly your actual substance requirements are all absolutely important before you try and make this decision. I mean, choosing to leave the BVI, you know, it, it, it's not just that the very competitive tax rate that, that that clearly could be a huge economical impact upon you. It's also the costs involved in doing so, um, not only sort of in leaving but also in arriving in a new jurisdiction and 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 it's also sort of the obvious point to make here is that that this legislation is applicable nationwide it's it's applicable across the globe and 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 there are a number of clients who are sort of looking at certain jurisdictions that have not necessarily at this point brought in similar legislation you know we fundamentally expect that they will have to at some point and if they don't they will be blacklisted and and choosing to move to a to to a country that maybe for now is not going to impose something along these lines but in 12 months time is either going to have to um, or is going to be blacklisted just seems like a really short-term decision that is going to have very limited benefit to you. So please do sort of take on board um, everything that, that, that Josh has said and the, and the sort of anecdotes we, we are hearing from clients. And uh, please do get in contact um, if you'd like to discuss any of their aspects with us. Yeah, and on that note, just another point to note since, since we last uh, did the presentation, the OECD's um, Foreign Harmful Tax Practices Group has now given BVI um, and Cayman, amongst others, a clean bill of health for their substance legislation. So that reiterates the point that Phil's just made, which is that our substance legislation has been, has been blessed by the OECD now. It is reasonably settled, and compared to some other jurisdictions where they haven't already looked at substance requirements, then it, it, we should have a more stable rulebook going forward, which is, which is great for planning certainty. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Josh. Thanks.